It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast, talking real estate around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple or wherever you might be. And this week is racing past once again, already up to a a Thursday morning around the UAE and November the 2nd. And coming up in just a moment, we are going to be speaking to Tatyana Leskova from S&P Global about the UAE. First off, though, I want to say good morning to Devlin in Sydney, Australia. We received your email about following each of our podcasts and especially Lillian's story about uh, coming to Dubai to take up that career move into real estate. You say at this stage you are still working out when you are likely to be in Dubai but great to have you Devlin as a listener do stay in touch and I think uh, Lillian is going to be here next week with the podcast series The Life of a New Dubai Real Estate Agent just a reminder too about the email address which is Dubai Property Podcast at gmail.com. So we have with us, as I mentioned, from S&P Global Associate Director Tatyana Leskova. And good morning to you, Tatyana. Welcome back to the Dubai Property Podcast. It's been a while. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me. And how much of a busy year has 2023 been for you? Listen, a very busy year. As you know, um, the real estate market in Dubai is doing really well. And we've had a series of positive rating actions on some of the developers that we rate here. We rate the largest players. And, you know, since 2021, it's been relentless. Every year is a new record in terms of the pre-sales that these developers are reporting. Are you surprised this year just with all of these compounding records, like it's almost every week, there is so many of these talking points from different commentators. Are you surprised by what's happened this year? Yes, yes, we are. And in fact, when we published our earlier research at the start of the year, our expectation was a slowdown for the real estate, uh, real estate sector in Dubai because we see, you know, a series of pressure points coming from global economic headwinds, inflation, high interest rates. But it seems that Dubai market really remained immune to all of this. Yeah, I remember some of the the questions because you were sort of wanting to know about Dubai's real estate companies and how they would continue to de-leverage and improve their credit health in 2023. And we will get to that in just a moment. But what are the prevailing trends in the current sector and what risks are associated with a potential cyclical reversal? And I can't believe I'm actually saying reversal. <laughs> yes, no, our expectation now is that over the next, say, 12 to 18 months, um, there will be a slowdown. So it's a, it's a relatively mild uh, scenario. We're not talking about, uh, you know, sector collapse, but we think uh, demand will slow down a little bit and there could be some correction on the prices that have really hit uh, a high level. You know, as you know, this, the year has been very strong. We're, we're still talking on a full year basis of a price increase of up to 18 uh, percent on on the average for the market. 
but we we still you know see some uh, some risks because we're reaching the previous peak levels and we see some increasing traction in smaller units which sort of suggests that you know the properties are becoming more expensive the buyers are really hitting the purchasing power limit at, at, to some degree so we think there could be some correction a mild one though the pressure points are coming from both sides supply has been very strong and will remain strong and demand may soften as well so it's on both uh, sides of the supply-demand equation. Well, let me ask you this, because just a couple of days ago, Mario and I were discussing just how busy the luxury market is, and there was a complaint about just how many multi-millionaires there are in Dubai, but that doesn't make up the, the bulk of the population. And of course, you've got developers that are targeting that middle income area. Do you think that there's the potential of a of an oversupply in that luxury market? Uh, so I don't think this is what we hear really. And that's why you've seen such a tremendous price increase in this luxury ultra premium segment. There's been a lot of new demand, new people, uh, ultra high net worth or just high net worth individuals coming to Dubai. And the supply historically has been uh, lower. And what I hear as well is that new supply in the pipeline is not that big. Of course, uh, the oversupply issue has always been there in Dubai. Uh, it was alleviated over the past few years because um, demand has outpaced a little bit. But in some pockets of the market, you still see it. And, you know, when you look at the premium areas, really like Palm, uh, Emirates Hills, you've got prices significantly exceeding previous peak levels. But in some other areas, and particularly in lower end and apartment segment, the prices are still lagging very much 20 to 30 behind the previous peak. But luxury is is probably the segment where the demand is more resilient, less affected by uh, economical cycles, and where we expect it to remain relatively strong. Mm. Well, that's interesting. That's great to hear from you because you've really got your fingers on the, the numbers. But what factors might actually trigger or decelerate a market correction uh, in this market? I think you have to start with the big picture, the macro view. We still expect the, the region altogether to grow. So 22 was uh, exceptionally good. Yeah, we, uh, For the GCC region, we're talking about 5 to 8% growth um, for GDP. Now, we think there will be a slowdown. It mainly has to do with reduced uh, oil production, while the prices still remain good. Uh, but the non-oil economy is still doing well. You might have seen the numbers uh, for UAE. It's tracking at five around 5%. So it's really performing well. But if the economic uncertainties that we see globally were to spill over to this part of the region, of the globe, this could slow down the demand. And it's not impossible, yeah, because Dubai is an open economy really. The bulk of the population are expats, so what's happening elsewhere in the world could also have an impact here. What historically in the previous cycles, um, there's been speculative sell-off by investors that may precipitate, you know, or intensify the market correction. We think this risk is still here, uh, although what we see as well is that developers are imposing some limits in terms of how quickly you can resell your off-plan property. So the developers now want to collect at least 30% or to 40% of cash before you're actually allowed to resell. So this very quick resale is not not 
possible anymore. And we also noticed that developers are now limiting also bulk sales to investors. So as an investor, you, you cannot buy 20 apartments in the same residential building. So this also mitigates to some degree this, this risk. And I guess, um, you know, in Dubai, uh, the population growth is key. So for the population to absorb new supply. And uh, we are seeing the population uh, is growing. Uh, until September, it was close to 3% population growth. KHDA in Dubai, the school authority, released the enrollment numbers that have been very strong. So people keep coming here. So this maybe may extend the momentum for some time, but we'll need to see uh, whether the pattern will change because historically in cyclical troughs expats just leave so we'll need to see if they will be more sticky this time around if you're confused about the property market don't be unlock and educate yourself with the latest trending analysis and interviews in terms of people coming i mean they are still coming i mean geopolitical problems Forgetting all about that, if anything, that is actually a win for Dubai. But developers, now, how would developers be impacted should the market cycle take a little bit of a correction, a bit of a downturn? Yes. So listen, I think the developers now, um, at least those that we rate that are listed publicly, are in relatively good shape. They were able to significantly improve their cash flow generation. Uh, this is the third year of very strong cash flows. You know, historically, they would generally be burning cash because the construction costs are very high. So they've got this really high funding requirements for the working capital. But we've seen three years of amazing cash flow generation. And actually, before we get to the cycle reversal or a slowdown, they will continue to, to see very strong cash flows. So uh, therefore, they are in relatively good shape. Um, cash balances have increased. Many of those uh, took the decision to repay some of the debt uh, using their excess cash. And altogether, as they were selling more, you know, the leverage reduced. So they're relatively well positioned. But, you know, if the cycle turns, their cash flow buffers would be reduced relatively quickly, I believe. And what about the developers, Tatyana? There's a lot of them that have come into the market, first-time players in 2023. And, you know, some of these developers, they're not starting small. They're sort of going for reasonable-sized developments. Yes, indeed. New developers entered Dubai. Like Dubai was already competitive, even more so now with new names entering the market uh, in all segments. You take residential, you take hospitality, there's new names appearing here and there. So the market remains challenging and in a softer sort of scenario, uh, there will be definitely pricing pressures. And you are right to say that some of the tier two developers, they, they're starting big, <laughs> really with big branded projects. For some of those, the pre-sales of these projects are not happening as fast uh, as it does for well-established names, more diversified names. So we basically think it may make a difference in a cyclical slowdown. The number of projects you have, how diversified you are, if you know you've got one or two big projects and this accounts for over half of your total uh, pipeline, you are at a greater risk. 
And in terms of, you know, the numbers and the the information, the data that you are dealing with, when you say that an entrant into the Dubai market, a new developer, the pre-sales are not going as strong, do you think a, a lot of that comes down to, you know, the, the big four developers, certainly the, the top three, just in terms of they're instantly identifiable as big and maybe there is maybe this little bit of a resistance around the new developer? Is there anything to suggest that? Well, I think reputation is indeed very important. The the brand value that you have is very critical. The track record that you have, you know, when you have the companies like Imar and the, like Demag that have built over 30,000, 40,000 units in Dubai since their creation, and they have this established track record, and they also have a huge pipeline of new units coming. And you have relatively uh, much smaller developers building like a few thousand of units. Yes, indeed, uh, it does make a big difference. Another thing that makes a difference between them is actually in the longer run, when you buy a property from a smaller developer, is their business model going to be there a few years down the line? Because one of the things as a developer you have to do is on an ongoing basis is to purchase land. Some of the largest ones like Imar have very ample land banks. The smaller ones don't. So you would typically have this limited visibility of future projects, say for the next couple of years, you have enough land bank, but you have this ongoing need to purchase more land. And then you have questions, will there be land available? Will it be available in good locations? Will it be available uh, at a price that I can pay actually, you know? So the, so the smaller you go, the smaller uh, the developer, the, the higher the risk of actually executing successfully the business going forward. Yeah, and that is definitely a a key, yes. Uh, Unknown brand equals higher the risk. And it was just the other day I was mentioning this to Mario that a UAE-based real estate developer was hosting a special sales day in Dubai offering a 10% discount on all of their projects. And I said to Mario, is that unusual? And he said, very, very unusual. (laughs) You know, new developer, probably they're not selling as much as they'd like. Yeah, I saw that as well in the news. So it's not a company that we rate or that we don't know. But I was wondering whether this signals, you know, some slowdown in demand or or this particular developer being in in liquidity stretch. And, you know, this, this may happen. So there's operational expertise of being able to build this project. But there's also financial management of these companies that need to attract financing for this. It requires a certain skill set. And if you start with big projects right away, maybe you don't have enough time to build up this uh, skill set and it's it's a sector when it's easy to get into a liquidity squeeze situation because this is really capital intensive construction and you need to be selling all the time and if uh, to collect this down payment on your sales and if you're not selling then you need a bank funding or a market funding and as a smaller player this might be more challenging to get Tatiana, you are right across all of the data, all of the information. It is always great to catch up with you. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us this morning and look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, thanks, Craig. Talk to you soon. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate. 